welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. I'm beginning a sermon series on what we call the gift of Christmas. And we have an opportunity for our church next week. Uh, December is always our largest giving month. Overwhelmingly, we receive the largest portion of our giving at this church during the month of December. And we certainly want that to continue and even more so. Next Sunday, you should have received a letter from me in the mail this week as well, including in that letter this envelope that looks like this. If you did not receive one, in your pews in front of you, you will be able to see this envelope. Next Sunday is our budget catch-up Sunday. I want to encourage you this week to be praying and asking the Lord how much, and take a look, and including that letter for me, was your 11-month giving statement to see where do I stand in my giving to the Lord. And you want to take a look at that, and next Sunday you want to bring your budget catch-up offering envelope and place it in the offering plate, or you certainly give online as well with that, so we can as a church, meet our 2022 budget. You know, money follows vision in a church. You cast a vision. You say, this is where we're going. Here's our direction. And the money comes in and supports that. That's how you plan a church budget. That's how you plan a church moving forward. Our vision for our church is reaching people for Jesus We are a Bible-believing church. No matter what happens out there with culture, we are a church body that is centered on the Word of God. We don't, there are not shifting sands here at Broadway Baptist. You should never come to this church and wonder, I wonder what they believe this Sunday. I wonder what they stand on this issue. It is a rock-solid belief, and that's on the Scriptures, on the Old and the New Testament. So with that being said, because the Bible clearly says we are saved through the blood of Jesus, that's why Christmas is so important. This is our Savior who's born into the world. We are a church that supports and advocates for people getting saved. Folks, that's why we have an invitation at every single service for you to trust Jesus as your Savior and to respond to the Gospel. When Don Hassel was passing away. This week I had the chance to visit him a couple times here at St. Joe's Hospital. In his last two times, he was sharing with me his testimony. He told me he was saved when he was nine years old at his church in Tennessee. He trusted Christ as a Savior. He received believer's baptism. And he has been a believer for many, many decades following that. And that is our message as a church as well. And that's our vision, and that's what you want to give to. You're giving to a church that's reaching lost people with the gospel. You're giving to a church that's standing on the Word of God. So next Sunday, I want you to consider and prayerfully bring your offering for Budget Catch-Up Sunday with that. Matthew chapter 2. This here is the story of what we call the wise men. And the wise men were... uh, There's a lot of speculation about the wise men because really all we know about these men were these were men that came from the east 
They were wise, or that could also be translated, they were magi. So basically, that meant they were possibly astrologers. They studied the stars. Now remember, 2,000 years ago, you, they did not have the technology we have. So if you were a king, you would have people who were considered wise, learned people who maybe like a current day philosopher, if that's even a job anymore, and you would just kind of read the signs of the time. And we see this in the Bible. This would be like in the book of Daniel. You see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego along with Daniel. They were considered wise men. They were folks that were very learned and very well educated. Well, that's who these people were. And they came from the east. God doesn't give us much more detail about them because the main purpose for what they did is what we're going to see here today. They came to worship the Lord. They came to bring their gifts to Jesus. And I think the goal for us this Christmas season is we also want to be wise. We want to have the Lord's wisdom upon us. And, and when, what's most important about us is making sure that when we approach the Lord, that we are bringing our gifts. In many ways, that's what Budget Catch-Up Sunday is. We're bringing our gifts to the Lord. And not only that, we come here to worship Him. That's why it's so important for us to make sure we attend worship and honor the King. These men traveled over a thousand miles to worship the Lord. And they went through the desert. Now, the big question about the wise men is where they come from. And their honest answers, we don't exactly know. Because what happens in the Bible, when you say the Bible, and all it tells you, these are men that came from the east, and they're wise or magi. That's all we know. They came from the east. We know where the east is. Many folks will try to claim they came from Africa. The problem with saying they came from Africa, Africa is not in the east. That would be southwest of where Jerusalem is. I personally believe they came from an area called the kingdom of Sheba. That is current day Yemen. That's in southern Saudi Arabia. That would have been, in your Bible, if you ever read about these people called the Sabines, that would be where they came from. They were raiders. They would come and attack folks. These were the folks that came and attacked Job. If you read Job chapter 1, attacked Job. But he lived not far from that area. And then they would steal all your stuff and, and move on. These, this also been the area where the queen of Sheba would have come from to visit Solomon in all his great wealth and splendor. She, came, she was from Sheba. So these people are probably from uh, the southern Arabian desert. So this is south of Saudi Arabia. I actually have a, a map up here for you to take a look at and see a, a kind of the area where we're talking about, and I kind of show you where they came from. See down there, it says Yemen. Uh, that, by the way, Yemen is one of the most closed countries right now to the gospel on earth. That's a challenging place to be a believer. You would have passed up near that Euphrates River near the per Persian Gulf because that's where you would have had a water supply. You wouldn't have gone straight through the desert straight away. That's why they would have gone up to the side. They would have probably come up from this area and travel, it probably might, maybe took a year or so, to come visit baby Jesus in Bethlehem. And this, would have, this would have been the area of what we call the kingdom of Sheba. 
And we know that area exists from archaeology, that that is where Sheba is at with, with that. So that's, that's a possible place these men came from. So we're going to read here in our Bibles about the wise men. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. That's all we know about them. They're wise men from the east. Saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at his rising and have come to worship him. These men were likely astrologers. They probably served the king of Sheba. They were probably in the royal household. And they saw this star in southern Saudi Arabia. And they went to worship the king. They might have known what Micah 5.2 said. So they probably didn't know a lot of the details, but they knew the Lord led these men. And we don't exactly know how many there were. The reason we say three is because there were three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And those would have been an expensive gift for a king. Probably in current day dollars, that could have been thousands of dollars. And remember Mary and Joseph, they are a poor family. This is, they're not a wealthy family. And this would have been a huge financial windfall for Mary and Joseph. But God had a great purpose in that gift. There was a reason they needed that type of gift uh, in order for them. So it says here as they keep going, they're showing up and they're here to worship. Now, a lot of times in our nativity scenes, we always see uh, right there in Bethlehem in the cave or the little barn where Jesus was born with the shepherds, uh, the animals, and everyone's gathered around like this. But what had to happen at this point, the wise men, they probably arrived a year later. So baby Jesus was now probably a little toddler. They probably still weren't in the barn. They had probably moved into a rental house nearby in Bethlehem. But remember also staying with a relative. Mary and Jesus, that was their ancestral hometown in Bethlehem. So they would have had relatives to be able to stay with. So it's like they've gone back home to Bethlehem from the uh, little town of Nazareth where they were at, originally at. So here we picked up on... These wise men arrive with King Herod. King Herod is a ruthless man. This guy obviously is very jealous. So if he finds out there is a king that was born in his kingdom and these foreigners from some faraway land is showing up to bring expensive gifts and to worship this child, that is going to sound off alarm bells for King Herod. And King Herod, back in Bible times, the way you get rid of your enemies is you kill them. So that's what the plan right there. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed. And all of Jerusalem with him. That meant all of Jerusalem knew. These these people that came from this other land, they have upset the king. What are they doing here? They come onto this big entourage, bring all this nice gold, frankincense, and myrrh, And the king is not happy. 
So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written in the prophet. Now, what's amazing about this? The Jewish leaders knew the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. Why in Bethlehem? Bethlehem is the city of David. David is where, or Bethlehem is where David was born. So this is from the lineage. And that's why Jesus is called, from the house of David. He's coming from the same community. And that's what we see. We see a prophecy here from Micah 5.2. So 600 years before this event occurs, the Bible's telling us exactly where the Messiah is going to be born. What's amazing about this is the chief priests and the, the leaders there in Jerusalem that knew their Bibles, but they did not live according to their Bibles. I think that's why for us as Christians, it's so important for us to have a faith that doesn't just know the Bible. A lot of us, we've grown up in church, you've lived in church, uh, you're here all the time, but we take what we learn, we take what God teaches us here at Broadway Baptist Church, and then we go out and apply it in our life. We go out and witness to folks. We go out and share gospel truth. But these people, these chief priests here, they weren't doing that. Surely, if they had actually believed the Messiah had been born in Bethlehem. Remember, Bethlehem's only like five or six miles south of Jerusalem. It's a little town just south. And if they literally believed, here are these people who saw a star, who traveled a thousand miles to come see this child born. Wouldn't someone have gone with them to see it. Let's just see. Could the Messiah have been born? But they didn't. I think a lot of times for us, we can in many ways respond the same way. There's, there's, a, there's a danger with head knowledge of the Scriptures. The Word of God should penetrate and affect your life. What that means is it should change how you make decisions, how you take actions. And these chief priests, they were confronted with the gospel truth. The Messiah has been born and they do nothing. This is like God speaking to you at church and you don't respond to the Lord. You don't say, Lord, you're right, I need to do this. What I love about the wise men, these men are in this rural South Saudi Arabian country and they see a star and they think, that's the Lord. God spoke to them. He directed them with this star. And they traveled a long way. Left their families and came to worship this king with their gifts. They didn't exactly know where they were going. They knew they were from foreigners. So they needed to first arrive in Jerusalem to speak to the king. Because they, that, this was not their community in Judea where they were going. So it's like they are arriving, it's like they're coming in on the airport saying we need to first introduce ourselves and then go wherever we need to go after we speak to Herod. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And that's what the Lord does to us. The Lord shepherds us this Christmas season, meaning He guides us along. And where does He guide us? He guides us to Jesus. Then Herod, this is the wickedness of Herod. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, 
go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. That's a lie right there. He doesn't want to worship the the baby Jesus whatsoever. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star that they had seen at the rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. This is a true miracle of the Lord. The star was over Jerusalem. But then the star, they look up, the star is moving five or six miles south. Literally, God is guiding these men with a star exactly over the house of where little Jesus and Mary and Joseph are. They're following a star to where the Lord... And I think in our lives, what is our star today? It's probably not wise for us to follow stars in the sky. Folks, our star is the Word of God. We live our life. We are guided by this book. These wise men probably didn't have... They're wherever they came from. They didn't have access maybe to the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. They maybe had parts of it, but these are Gentiles. What's amazing too about these men, God is bringing people who are not Jewish, who are not part of the covenant, a community, to come worship little Jesus, a one-year-old child, and present these gifts. So we already see even Gentiles will come and worship the King. So the star is guiding them over exactly where it is. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy because they knew these were stargazers. And this is the true miracle. This is the Christmas star guiding these men to where they needed to go. Entering the house. So now we know they're not in the manger scene because they're in maybe a rental house. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Folks, when we come, to, there's many times in our life, the best thing we can do to Jesus, he doesn't need us to say anything. We just fall to our knees and say, Lord, you are worthy. Lord, what can I say? He, they are worshipping this child, little Jesus at this point. They don't, they don't even introduce themselves. They just walk in. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph, when this entourage showed up at their house, probably the whole little town of Bethlehem thinks, what is going on? Who are these people? And why are they at Mary and Joseph, this poor family's little home in Bethlehem? These men are probably riding camels, and we're going to turn to a passage and we'll show you that they rode camels. It's in Isaiah 66. And they're probably dressed in purple. That's a uh, sign of great wealth and dignity if you're representing king. They're riding in, probably under the king's orders from the kingdom of Sheba, and presenting these nice gifts to this poor family. This is the talk of the town. This is an event that everyone is noticing. And they, they worship this child. In verse 8, Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They worship and they give their gifts. Do you know when we come to church, we do the same. We worship the Lord and we present our best to God. Remember Christmas, it's all about Jesus. 
He's the, he's the one of honor. He's the one we give our most expensive and our best gift to. We want to most importantly honor Jesus during Christmas. And it says, and being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. And I'm actually, next Sunday, we're going to pick up with the latter part of this chapter here. We're going to see what happens. Now, what's amazing about this, not only are they, they following a star, but God spoke to these men in a dream and says, don't go back to Herod. Even though He wanted you to go back to Jerusalem and report, you go back to your own country a different way you came. Don't go through Jerusalem. One of the great examples, I think, of the wise men, I think how this applies for us today, these men listened and obeyed God. They were obedient. They followed the star. They listened to God in a dream. They were guided by the Lord. And when we are guided by the Lord, we are end up in a position that we can worship the Lord. They fall to their knees and they present their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. A very expensive gift. Now, if you want to, you can look up on the screen. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6. This is a good prophecy here from the book of Isaiah. And it, it, I believe this is a prophecy about the wise men, these magi. Verse 6, it says, Caravans of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephath. All of them will come from Sheba. That's that southern kingdom there. Midian is that, it's that area that where you would have seen in southern, now it's in uh, southern Saudi Arabia is where it would be at. It's the area of Egypt and Saudi Arabia. And that's also, that would have been where Moses would have gone up and received the Ten Commandments. It says, they will carry gold and frankincense and proclaim the praises of the Lord. So God is, God is fulfilling this prophecy saying these desert dwellers from the middle of nowhere, Gentiles will come. The most unlikely people will come and worship the King. Folks, that's why our church, we are a church that reaches everyone. All people of backgrounds, all colors, uh, all types of uh, folks who need the gospel. The gospel changes any and everyone. The greatest need for our community and for this country is Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis was a great author and he wrote this uh, book called The Screwtape Letters. And in The Screwtape Letters, he spoke about how so many people want to make it's the gospel and. But there's a problem with that. And the, that and, by the way, is whatever your cause is. See, we live in a time where a lot of people, what they do is they take the Bible and then they put their cause along with it. And that cause could be uh, ending racism. That cause could be social work. That cause could be helping the poor. What a, politics. Cause can be anything you want. And you take your Bible and you take your cause. But C.S. Lewis said there, that's not the gospel. It's the gospel. And that's it. And I think what happens for us, 
we get, God gets us to a point spiritually that all that matters is we'll be tempted to all of a sudden drift over to our calls and think our calls can change people. But it can't. Causes and what we stand for doesn't change folks. Folks, the Bible and the good news of Jesus Christ and the Christmas message that we share this month, that is what changes people's lives. And this morning for us, we want to make sure that we support that will supersede anything else, and that's the saving power of Jesus. And there's a lot of causes we're asked to support this Christmas season, but what's most importantly is if you're, you're supporting a cause, remember, that cause is not going to save someone's soul. That cause is not going to redeem someone from hell. That cause is not going to bring repentance in their hearts. Folks, we stand on the Word of God. We stand on the power of the Gospel. When we talk to people here at St. Joe's that's facing cancer, that's facing death, do you know what they want to talk about? They want to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about the power of the cross. They want to talk about the power of the empty tomb. How Jesus defeated death with the resurrection. That is our message that we boldly proclaim as Christians. Do you know, what do we see here? The last few things that you see here in your bulletin. Why did God bring these wise men to Bethlehem to present gifts to baby Jesus? Why would God do this? And I think there, there is a reason. There's three reasons here, and we'll pull out. We've seen here historically what God is doing. He's, uh, he's brought these men from a faraway country to meet baby Jesus but then He was also preparing them and setting an example for us what we should do. Number one, God is honoring His Son. This is why for us, we most importantly honor the Lord at Christmas. Gentiles from the East, meaning unlikely people came to worship the Lord. Not only that, God is affirming Mary and Joseph that their son is God's son. He's not any son, he's a special son. I'm sure Mary and Joseph at this point, they're just there in Bethlehem. They're in Bethlehem. God led them there. Their child was born there. They've been there about a year. Joseph was a carpenter. He's working on the family business, and, and they're just going about their life. They moved from, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. It's, you know, it's, they they kind of came back to their hometown. But God is reminding them, you have a special child. But then not only that, God is providing the financial resources for a night flight to Egypt. The Bible tells us that Jesus had to be called, just like Israel was called out of Egypt. We're going to get into this next Sunday. Jesus also was called out of Egypt. So what would get Mary and Joseph to go to Egypt? Egypt is the place you don't want to go. Egypt was a place of sin and a place of slavery. But sometimes in our life, we have to find ourselves we live in Egypt. Sometimes your marriage might be in Egypt. You have family. You have just issues that you're just stuck in Egypt. It's a place that you're there, but you really don't want to be there. When you're going through sickness and death, you might feel like, I'm in Egypt. This is a challenging place. And, and what caused Mary and Joseph to bring baby Jesus to Egypt was at the middle of the night, they were warned, get out of town. 
This, they received these gifts. This is the last night they're going to spend in Bethlehem. Because they had to quickly leave a night flight at 3 a.m. and go to Egypt. And Mary and Joseph, just like the wise men, are following the Lord. And Mary and Joseph, remember, they would have no money to go to Egypt. So where did all the money come from? Gold, frankincense, and more. Do you see the provision of God? Do you see the gift that God is taking care of? Every little detail the Lord provides. And folks, if He does that for His own Son, if He does that for Mary and Joseph, He does that also for you as a believer. You are a believer. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. And He makes these same provisions just like He did for Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. So they, at the middle of the night, to avoid Herod, because that next morning, they're slaughtering baby boys. But Jesus was gone. This is tragedy there. And a Bible historian said, most likely within a little town like Bethlehem, there were about a dozen or so baby boys that would have been murdered in Bethlehem. How horrible would it be for your king, the government, to purposely kill baby boys in your town? But that's what King Herod did. But because Mary and Joseph had the resources, and Mary and Joseph listened to the Lord, they got out of town, and they went to a place they could be safe. So Egypt is a place of slavery, but also served as a sanctuary and a place of protection for this young holy family. And I think in our lives, wherever we're at, wherever God has placed us, whether it's in Bethlehem or whether it's in Egypt, and we look at our position and says, God, this is what I'm going through. These are the challenges I have before me. This is what I lay before. Lord, I thank You that I can fall to my knees and worship You. These wise men, folks, they saw Jesus. They didn't say a word. They dropped down and worshipped Him. And I want to say, Broadway, there's many times for us that God's not looking for any words we can say to Him. We fall to our knees. That song, fall to our knees and cry holy. Because the Lord is holy. This child is worthy of our worship. And this morning, we come and we worship the Lord. Now, I've I've shared this story here about the wise men. About how God led them, bringing their great gifts to present. But some of you, maybe you, I look out and I see faces I don't know. And I don't know where you stand spiritually. Just like this week, Mr. Don Hassel. He, he was in bed number three at hospice a few days ago telling me about when he got saved as a nine-year-old boy. He trusted Christ as his Savior at his church in Tennessee. What is your testimony? Do you know when you were saved? Do you remember a time in your life where you prayed and you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Where you fell down and you worshiped the Lord? So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to get saved. That's my job as a preacher. I preach the gospel and make sure you clearly see this child that the wise men, if they can fall to their knees and they worship Him, if they recognize Him as Savior, if they recognize that He's worthy so should you. Let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you want to get saved this morning, I want you to pray and receive Jesus as your Savior. You fall to your knees and worship Him. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you this morning worshiping you. I thank you for the wise men. They worshiped you. Lord, I thank you for saving me.
You are worthy. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. From this day on, Lord, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. Even at church service on Sunday morning, you can get saved. Let's stand together. If you prayed and received Jesus this morning, I want you to make it public. We never miss an opportunity to respond to God. We close every service with the opportunity for you to come forward. I will be standing out front along with some of our deacons. You come take my hand and say, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus this morning. Pastor, I want to join Broadway Baptist Church. Pastor, I just want to come fall on my knees and worship the Lord here at the altar. We're going to stand and we're going to sing our hymn song. Have you been to Calvary?